Blog Talk Radio. Welcome to the Let's Talk CFL Podcast. Roundtable discussion recorded live on Sunday and Wednesday nights. Visit Let's Talk CFL on Facebook for showtime. Brought to you by the Let's Talk Sports Groups on Facebook. Our partners, LostWolfOnSport.com. Stream live on BlogTalkRadio.com. Hey, good evening, CFL fans, and welcome to Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number 370. I'm your host, Christopher Jones, and we're going to talk some football. Well, we're still watching football. What's going on in Saskatchewan? I guess it stopped raining and lightning and thunder and wind and tornadoes and whatever the hell else is going on in that shitty province. But anyhow, um, let's just move on and let's do a radio show. We, we, we did this late Monday night because what why not? We were expecting to do this and uh game was supposed to be over at seven o'clock. We start the show at eight and uh everything's cool. But the game's still going, it's eight o'clock, the game's still going. It's in fact it's only in the third quarter. So uh we can't really talk about that game till later on because it's still happening and we can do that. So where's my rants tonight? I got a couple of good rants. Um first off, we're just talking to my buddy Will off off air before the show, and he's talking about fans that leave early from the Calgary game, like four minutes left in the game and BC's up by a a bunch and uh, they leave. And, you know, this happened in BC several times where the fans think they've lost the game and they get, get up and they walk out. This is CFL, you idiots. No lead is safe. Isn't that the tagline for the, for the league? No lead is safe. Anything can happen. Four, four minutes is an eternity. And guess what happens? Calgary comes back and wins the game. And Calgary fans missed it. They turned off their TV. They left the stadium. Uh, you know, Will's going. He's, he's like, can't believe it. He goes, where have you got to go that you're in so big of a hurry that you can't wait for four minutes for a football game? Like, okay, now, that's Will's story. And, you know, he he could tell it and everything else. And we'll, we'll probably talk about it in a moment. But Here's my story on that one, and the reason why I have never left in 41 years, no, 40, 48 years of being a BC Lions fan, I have never left a game early. And the reason for that is I'm a fan, and I respect the players and what they do for me as an entertainment value. Whether they win or they lose, they're putting it out on the field for my benefit. Okay? Yeah, they get a paycheck. Yes, they get a lot of other perks. Yes, there's a lot of things doing it. But this is an entertainment show. Okay? This is like going to watch Star Wars or anything else. The fans are there because they want to be entertained. You don't want to go to a Toronto Argonaut game and be bored stupid at 64 to 14. No, you want to go there and be entertained. But that's beside the point. So if you leave early, you're disrespecting your team and your players. You stay there till the end of the game, and you cheer your team on, win or lose, because they did it for you, and you owe it to them to stay to the end and to cheer, because that's your job. Yes, you paid money to to do this, but it's your job as a fan is to stay and cheer on your team to the B 
bitter end. Win, lose, or draw, draw that's your team. You, if you're a fan, that's your team. And you're there to support them. You're there to watch them. You're there to be entertained. Maybe you didn't feel you got the entertainment value, but that doesn't mean the players didn't try, and you need to try to support them. I, there's nothing about football that bothers me more than idiots who think they can leave early from a game because their team is in the lead or their team is so far behind that it's irrelevant what happens in the next two minutes, whether you call it garbage time, the end of the game, whatever happens, you never, ever, ever leave early. You owe it to the team. You owe it to the players to stay to the end. And, Okay, we're on Canada's game, Canada Day, and we've got the Saskatchewan Rough Riders playing the Toronto Argonauts. And just for the record, the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are not Canada's team. Regardless of what you say, they are wearing green and white, not red and white. Now, that being said, I – hang on. I'm going to go back for a second. The thing that – Another thing that pisses me right off is when Saskatchewan Rough Rider fans, in their ultimate arrogance, take our Canadian flag and bastardize it, turning it green and white and putting the Saskatchewan logo in the middle. Okay? I'm completely offended by that. You do that in any of my groups, and I will delete you. Not only the post, I will remove you from the group because that's disrespectful to Canada, and that's my country, our country, okay? So that's that's kind of it. I, I want you to know that, okay? So I don't know. Where was I going with this in the first place? I don't know. Oh, Saskatchewan Rough Riders, management or coaching staff and everything else are wearing a red T-shirt with a green Saskatchewan logo in the middle of it, okay? They're showing Canadian colors, but still representing their team. That I can agree with. I don't agree with somebody going to a Canadian hockey team, Canada hockey game and wearing a green Saskatchewan Rough Riders uniform. If you want to wear a red Jersey or red t-shirt with a Saskatchewan logo on it, because you're supporting your team, but you're also supporting team Canada. I can accept that. But morons who sit in the second and third row at a Raptors game, wearing Saskatchewan Rough Riders jerseys are idiots, okay? Support the team that you're there. If you're there for the Raptors, so be it. If you're there for the Golden State Warriors, so be it. You're not there for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders. They're not playing. It's not even the right sport. You just look like a moron. Okay, so maybe you might be one. But that's beside the point. Um, okay, I, I'm done with this. I'm just – there was something else I wanted to rant about, but, you know, it's just not worth it. So I'm going to open up the mics for Charles and uh, Will. Uh, Mark is off camping, and he went to the cabin, then he went camping. And I don't understand. I figured if you were going to, camp to the cabin, that is camping, but he says no. Um, so anyhow, he's gone camping. So he's not with us tonight. Um, Charles, Will, Will, welcome to the show. Uh, did I – do justice to your little uh, upsetness this this evening, or you want to add to it? Well, well, there was two things, and and I'm gonna I will I will confess. Four years ago, I was at a Stampeders game against Saskatchewan, and Saskatchewan was up with 
by 27 points with eight minutes to go. And I didn't leave because I was annoyed at my football team. I left because I was annoyed at the Saskatchewan fans. Saskatchewan fans are annoying enough as they are, but when they have a lead, they're just they're. I had to leave, or I was probably gonna. I was probably gonna punt. I was probably gonna punch somebody. And to my fault, Calgary came back in that game and won on a field goal with 30 seconds to go. So I missed that whole comeback. And they say it's one of the best comebacks ever by the St. Peters, and I missed it. Yeah, you know, you could have been na 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 in your face, but yeah, anyhow, I I missed that, and I'm not that kind of guy. I wouldn't have done that, but these people were so arrogant. I just had to leave. So let's talk about. I I think Saskatchewan fans are mixed up because there was a person sitting behind me at the game. And he had a Saskatchewan jersey on, and he had a Stampeders baseball hat on. And I harassed him all night long about, are you mixed up or what? Like, like either pick one or go away. And he just had nothing to say to me. So I don't know if he was a Saskatchewan fan or a Calgary fan. He did cheer when Calgary won, so I guess he wasn't a BC fan. But you never know. He might have been wearing orange socks. I didn't look. So, but, yeah. No, I don't understand why people leave a stadium with four minutes left in a football game when you're down by 11 points. 11 points in the CFL is absolutely nothing. No, (laughs) nothing, nada. And, and yeah, it was – and, honestly, from a Stampeder standpoint of view – the last four minutes were the best part of the entire game. For you. So why would you? I would think for any Stampeder fan. So why would you leave? Right. You've right. For the Stampeder. It wasn't very good hours. for the BC fans. No, it, it, there wasn't that many there. It, it, it's two and a half hours you wasted watching the Stampeders getting throttled, and then you leave, and they come back and they win. Wow, you guys missed it. That's all I'm going to say. Go ahead. Yeah. Okay. Charles, welcome to the show, buddy. Happy Canada Day. Thank you, and same to you. It's weird being here on the show and then looking over and there's still a game going on, but hey, that's what sometimes thunder and lightning will do to you. Yeah. I remember we had a game like this in Winnipeg last year, too. There was a couple, that's wasn't what there? When you're in the, there was a couple. That's what happens on the prairies, because I've been back and summertime in Alberta and seeing some of these wicked thunderstorms that they get. So, yeah. yeah. The, so, any game in July and August in the prairies is always a threat for something like this to happen. And tornadoes. Yeah, tornadoes, too, yeah. Why would anybody live in a in, in an area that has tornadoes? I mean, like, why? Why would you live in Kansas? I don't know. Yeah, I know. It's right down the middle of the U.S. and Canada, right down that yeah. that whole corridor. Tornado there. Alley, it's called. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know. I really don't know. Okay, so let's talk some football. Is that what you guys want to do? Sounds like a good idea. 
We've done that once or twice before. I think we'll do so. it again. Okay. What did he do? He didn't do anything. Uh, okay. Uh, how's that possible? What's how's what possible? Nothing. Okay. I'm just uh, looking at Stevens' uh, spreadsheet here, and uh, I'm trying to figure out what he did with the Toronto Saskatchewan game because it's still going on. Uh, it's not over yet. It's not over yet. I so guess how he, can we do I guess that? He's uh, assuming how it's going to end up. Uh, I think most people can, but hey, you never know. Yeah, no, it, you can. But anyhow, um, I understand he's just got a spreadsheet and he just clicks and puts in things and it didn't go in. So it basically, he's got the game at zero zero. Um, what do you guys think of these Saskatchewan uh, uh, coach T-shirts and stuff? These red T-shirts with the, the I logo on like it. Them. It's kind of classy, isn't it? I yeah, I think so. I like them. That is, it it's like an oxymoron like, using the word classy and Saskatchewan in the same sentence. Well, but uh, I'm, I'm liking them. I, I think they did they did good. They did they did they well. Actually, they, they remind me too of the Blue Jays when they play on Canada. They always have like the red jersey with the but they, they still they have did their that logo today. on it. Yeah, like I saw that on yeah. Sports Center so while I, we were like waiting that. for the other game. Yeah, and yep. it looked good because I was. I was going, oh damn, the red team. They, they, <laughs> Toronto's must be getting beat. And then uh, I saw the mm-hmm. <laughs> the Blue Jays logo, and it went, oh, that's kind of cool. Okay, so the first game up was the Edmonton uh, Winnipeg game. Edmonton Eskimos and the Winnipeg Blue Bombers. Uh, this kind of turned out the way everybody thought it was going to be. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I would say so. So, uh, go ahead, Charles. Tell us what you saw about this game. I didn't get a lot of football well, in this week, so. Uh, I I was in and out most of the week, but I, I did see a lot of this game. But um, um, Edmonton is not the, quite the same team. Um, well, they weren't this week. I mean, they were they weren't bad this week. And in fact, offensively, I thought they actually played better than the Bombers did on offense. I think they certainly generated more yards than the Bombers did on offense. But um, it's not always the yards there. It was um, a lot of the Edmonton yardage this week came between the 20s. And I think that the uh, Bombers kind of installed a bend and not break um, uh, defense. So I thought they did quite well. Um, the Bombers' offense was, you know, it was okay, but they weren't the big-time offense there. Matt Nichols only throwing for 200 yards. Uh, they didn't get 100 yards rushing, which is typically when they're rushing isn't getting uh, a big chunk of their offense. Uh, they struggled to win, but they were able to get the win mainly because I think the play of their defense and special teams, um, they forced the Edmonton Eskimos to turn the ball over on downs three times. So that goes to show you the defense um, was doing their job. Um, Like I said, it wasn't a huge game offensively for the Bombers. Uh, Again, Trevor Harris passed for 345 yards, and that's great and all, but he had no touchdowns. And, in fact, they had no offensive touchdowns at all for the Eskimos. Well, they had no touchdowns, period. All of their points came – yeah, exactly. 
all of their points came off the foot of Sean White. And that goes back to the thing I was saying, how they were going between the 20s, which is exactly what they were doing. So uh, when you don't score any touchdowns, it's hard in any football league to uh, to win games, and the Eskimos showed that the other night. Matt Nichols only 13 to 21 for 200 yards, but he had three touchdown passes, and there's your difference there. Even though they didn't have the yardage that the Eskimos had, the Bombers put up the touchdowns. The Eskimos did not, and the Bombers got the win, and mainly because of the strong play of their defense. But uh, the offense did just enough to get it done. That. Hang on a second, Charles. Uh, the one stat that really bothers me is you just said Matt Nichols got three passing touchdowns. I, I think that passing touchdowns by a quarterback is a really deceiving stat because he oh, could throw for 100 yards and then the running back run it in for the last yard. And he, yep. doesn't, get a, he doesn't get a TD to his credit, right? <clears throat> right. And, and that could happen five times in a game where he throws for 500 yards and doesn't get a passing TD, and everybody goes, oh, my God, he's not finishing. Well, the running back's pounding it in from the one- or two-yard line. So that stat doesn't, it doesn't work for me. But seven field goals, that's a stat that just screams at us. No kid, If you can't score a touchdown in the CFL, you're not going to win many games at all. They almost won. It was close yeah, enough to, weird. to consider a game. That's the thing. They, they, they were within one score. Made a difference. They were. And That's one touchdown, if they, their offense could have put one touchdown up, it would have changed that game completely, and they couldn't do it. No. No, they couldn't do it. Nope. But. But anyhow, it, it, that's that. It, it was a sad game in that aspect of things that when a. Winnipeg was playing good, de- decent defense, but their offense, they just, it was non-existent. Yeah, they got 28 points, but really? I mean, seven touchdowns could have been 50 points. Edmonton could have put 50 points on the board, and, and Winnipeg wouldn't have, wouldn't have had an answer for that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I don't know. William, talk to me about football. Yes. Well, you know what I'm always saying? There's only one stat that means anything, right? And that's it's the w. the w. And 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 if you look at the stats from this game, I'm looking at them right now. Edmonton had 29 first downs. Winnipeg had 14. Okay? Uh, total yards, 440 to 273, okay, for Edmonton. Time of okay. possession. Look at that one. Yeah. Passing, 35 of 54. Winnipeg was 13 of 21. There was no rushing touchdowns. Uh, Edmonton, 100 yards rushing. Winnipeg had 83. I mean, like, if you go by stats, Edmonton won the game hands down. But the only stat that matters is the scoreboard. Yeah. You know, I was I was really looking forward to this game because I thought it would be the game of the week, and quite truthfully, neither team impressed me. They weren't. It is only this. It was the second week for Winnipeg, the third week for Edmonton, but they weren't they weren't gangbusters. Um, And 
in reality, currently, these are the top two teams in the CFL. Scary. And well, no. I wasn't. I wasn't overly impressed. Well, you got to throw Ottawa, Hamilton Ottawa's in there as well. Ottawa's undefeated. And Ottawa, right? And Ottawa. Um, but I'm. We we on this show only oh, we only talk about the West, remember? So uh, and, and Hamilton, hey, um, Hamilton is three and zero. And Hamilton, that's right, that's correct. Um, you know what? It was a game. I'm pretty bored by twenty or sorry, five field goals or seven field goals. Seven. Um, I I don't know why Edmonton didn't go for it a couple of times because you're not the points. with field goals. Yeah, and, and if you don't take goal. the field goal, you lose the game. Asked uh, Devon Claber yeah, that one, you know? Yeah. If you take yeah, the point. I agree. I agree. And I think it was you that said that. I agree. It was me that said that. That was one of the turning points of that game. For sure, yeah. for sure. And three points mattered at the end of the game because that's all it would have yeah. taken. But we're going to get to that game. But, yeah, I mean. But it, it, it would have been know, devastating to Calgary at halftime. Yeah, we'll get to that. Sorry. Yeah. Regardless, regardless of of all that stuff, if you if you look at the West right now, you know, and I know I know uh, BC is zero and three, and Calgary is one and one, but there's nobody who's going to run away with it right now. Nobody's running away with it. No. And we'll see what happens because they're they're even. If Saskatchewan wins tonight, they're in it too. So, hey, like we said, the West is going to be close. We'll see how close it is. But I'm pretty sure it's going to be close. We shall see. Look at Saskatchewan. Uh, Yeah, they get to beat up on an Eastern team. How is that, you know? And and that's part of the schedule right now is that when the – Usually, West plays. There's usually East-West matchups for the first two or three weeks. Okay, yep. very rare do you get a um, an interdivisional game played in the beginning of the season. Okay, that's usually held. Th- those are saved for the back stretch of the season, right? Where you get BC gets to play Winnipeg twice, Calgary, Edmonton. You know, you. You've become a strong team, and you're playing strong teams down the stretch. Where in week one, it's still kind of preseason, so you kind of want to get at some warm-up games with some Eastern teams because you might actually be able to win them. For the Lions, anyhow. I mean, they're they're 0-3 right now, but they played Edmonton, Winnipeg, and Calgary. What if they had played Toronto and Montreal? You know? Yep. They could just as easily be 3-0. and Exactly, yep. you know, play Saskatchewan, Toronto, and Montreal. We could be three and zero. So I'm not freaking out. Everybody else is freaking out. I'm no. not freaking out. Okay, so uh, anyhow, so this game, which was the Edmonton Winnipeg game, finished with Edmonton 21, seven field goals, and Winnipeg 28 points. So CJ. Actually thought this was going to be a walk here, forty-two to twenty-one. Thought Winnipeg was just going to walk all over Edmonton. Didn't happen. Uh, out by 14, 14 points. Oh, it sounds like I'm out by a lot more than that. Anyhow, 
I got to be out by more than that. No, no, that's exactly what it is. Hey, look at that. Uh, Mark, uh, 2832 out by 11. Will, you're out to lunch here, 3638. Yep. And Charles, this final score is 2128, and you, you pick 2028. You're out by one point. One point. Ding. Impressive, Charles. Just amazing, Charles. You didn't do dick all for the rest of the night, the week. So you actually are now, you have three picks, three wins on the season so far. Yep. Okay, so the next game, Montreal-Hamilton. And did anybody actually watch this game? We saw what Hamilton did to Toronto. We didn't expect Montreal to be any better. And Tor- Hamilton fans are going nuts. Like, they're the, they have the best team in the CFL. They scored 105 points in two games and only let in 24 points. Only allowed 24 points, but they scored 105. You played Toronto and Montreal. Get real. Saskatchewan is walking away on Toronto. Well, not that much. They were at one point in time. Okay. Uh, it's still pretty lopsided. It, it is. It actually, Saskatchewan needs another touchdown, and then I win. So we'll see what happens here. Uh, okay. Uh, Montreal Hamilton. Charles, take it away. All right. Montreal Hamilton. Um, I'm going to be perfectly honest. I did not think this was going to be much of a football game. I did not think this was going to be much of a competition. And I was right. It was uh, men against boys, and right now, um, the Argos and the Alouettes uh, are pretty much competing to see who the worst team in the CFL is. And don't give me that DC's 0-3. Is there anybody out there that actually would put either Toronto or Montreal in the same class as BC? Yeah, BC's 0-3. But they played way tougher competition. And does anyone think the Lions could not turn this around on a dime and reel off four or five wins? I'm sure there are a lot of people of that. Nobody's thinking that about Montreal. Nobody's thinking that about Toronto. I mean, come on. The, the, Jeremiah Mazzoli and, uh, against Vernon Adams. I mean, the Montreal Alouettes are a complete mess right now. And we said they were going to be a mess going into the season. They are a mess. And Hamilton's probably the best team in the East, although Ottawa might have something to say about that before things are said and done. But, I mean, this team, there there was no, um, there was no mistaking. This game was over quickly. I mean, it was only 15-3 to at halftime, so that's only 12 points, which is not a massive point spread at halftime. Nobody was going to sit there and think that, uh, Montreal was coming back. The, this team has nothing. They've got no offense. They've got no defense. Although, hey, Montreal's defense did get three interceptions from Jeremiah Mazzoli. But let's face it, this this Montreal team is not going to win many games at all. Maybe when they play Toronto, they might be able to beat them. Um, I have a or hard Toronto time. might be able to beat them. Well, that, uh, those will be probably good games because they're both crap teams, so um, uh, maybe one of them will uh, be able to beat the other. Who knows? But, well, Touchdown I'm sorry, Atlantic. Um, 
Yeah, there you go. Enjoy. I think they're up to about 600 tickets sold or something crazy like that. <laughs> um, but let's face it, Hamilton is head and shoulders above Montreal. Those teams play the same sport, but they're not in the same <coughs> league, and it showed 41-10. to 10. Uh, The only concerning thing, like I said, for Hamilton is that Mazzoli threw three interceptions. Uh, So you got to be a little bit concerned about that. But all in all, this was pretty much a lopsided game from the kickoff. I think Montreal is going to uh, have a lot of tough games uh, when they play Old Canada before. Um, But, yeah, Hamilton wins are going away. And I expected that to happen, and it did. Okay. Uh, update, Saskatchewan, Toronto. We're not talking about the score, but James Franklin just left the game with a knee injury. Yeah, I'm just noticing that. So, yeah. Things get bad to worse. And and now they have the law of Bethel no. Thomas in there. <laughs> yes. The law office. McLeod Bethel Thompson. Yep. Thompson? Thomas. Thompson. Thomas. Thompson. No, Thompson. 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 Okay. So, okay. NBC. And I wanted to add that Charleston Hughes and Mika Johnson just got back-to-back sacks. And yep. who did they yeah. used to play for? I'm not saying a thing. <sighs> they just got another one, their old they? team. I think the old team... The old team's wishing they had him back, too, I think. But I think they just yeah. sacked the new quarterback. Yeah. Yeah, they, <laughs> Bethel Thompson just got sacked. Okay. Uh, Will, Montreal-Hamilton, what do you think of this game? You know game? what? I, I, I watched about the half, and I watched a little <laughs> bit of the third quarter, and I had enough. Okay. Um you know, it's it's a funny thing. You take you take a team like Toronto and you take a team like Montreal, and then you take BC and Calgary. And BC and Calgary, people have said they haven't played that well this year. Guess what? We know, we know for a fact, BC and Calgary are going to get better. Okay. Because of their coaching staff and their, we know they're going to get better. You can't say that about Toronto or Montreal. You can't say it because I, I, I'm not impressed with their management. I'm not impressed with their coaching. I'm not impressed with anybody. So, you know, I mean, Hamilton, Hamilton's chugging along and we kind of figured Hamilton would chug along and they beat, they beat Montreal easy. And they're they're gonna they're gonna you know it's you know it may not be great that Hamilton beat Montreal and and uh, Toronto, but that's their Eastern competition, so it's important that they do beat them. So I guess in the East they are probably the top team next to Ottawa. So it's going to be down to two teams once again, and then there's going to be a crossover, and then a shitty team still going to make it into the playoffs and. I, I don't even want to start that conversation. But hands down, Hamilton was supposed to be the the king of the East this year and they proved it the other night. That's all I really have to say about that game. It was it was it was an easy win. 
Do you think Sorry. that they're the king of the East? Do you honestly believe that they're a powerhouse team? I just think they're walking over pathetically, ridiculously weak teams. Well, they're and, a power. And, and, they're a power. I mean, they lost they, three the, interceptions. Yeah, but Montreal the team in the East. Them. Yeah, but then on the other hand, you could say you could say, you know, you can say Ottawa's right up there. But the first game of the season, Calgary picked Ottawa four times, and they still won. So. Yeah. These these games at the beginning of the year are strange, okay? They always have been strange, and I think lots of mistakes get made. And I, I, I think you should really throw out the first five weeks of the CFL because you can't really tell what a team is going to be like. Well, I mean, <laughs> so, ha- Hamilton played Saskatchewan. Who yeah. here thought Saskatchewan was going to be anywhere but fifth place in the, in the Western Division at the end of the season? Anybody? Nope. Okay. No. Nope. We all we figured they were going to be cellar dwellers in the West. Okay. We all did. Everybody yep. did. Everybody that doesn't wear green yep. and white. Okay. Everybody's picked. Even Rod Peterson picked them to be fourth in the West. Yeah. Okay. He always picks them to be first. So when Rod's picking them to be fourth, you have to believe that he thinks they're going to be shit. Okay. So Hamilton plays Saskatchewan in Week One and barely beats them twenty-three seventeen. Okay, and then Hamilton gets to play Toronto, and then Hamilton gets to play Montreal. They haven't been challenged. If BC had that schedule, they'd be three and O too. Probably. If Calgary had that schedule, they'd be three and O. Could be. You, it, it's absolutely ridiculous to be comparing BC and Calgary to Toronto and Montreal. Ridiculous. There's nothing more to say about this game. Uh, it was the Hamilton Tiger Cats 41, the Montreal Alouettes 10. Now, this was a ridiculously silly game. And uh, Charles, you were out by 10 <coughs> points, picked 14-35. You went a little high on Montreal and a little low on Hamilton. Will? I picked Montreal. I'm done. Yeah, yeah. I, I think those points should go against you in another game. Okay. Should yeah. Now, I went off off the off the rails, and I I picked Hamilton thirty eight, Montreal seven. Okay. So they got forty one. I picked thirty eight. That's only three points off. That's not bad. Uh, Montreal got ten. I picked seven. I'm three points off, so I'm total of six off. You'd think I would win. No, shithead Mark got forty two. So he's out by a point to 12, out by two points. So he's out by three points. Mark gets the the big mark, the big sticker, the gold mark. And uh, that's all he did this year, this week. So he's actually got four on the season. Charles has got three. He's beating you, Charles. Okay. Hmm. It's early. Third Third game up was Saturday night. BC Lions traveling to Calgary to play the Stampeders. I should have gone to this game. I just wasn't able to. I had a busy week. And uh, I know my friend Will would have accommodated me if I chose to do that, but it wasn't in I the had, car. I had an empty seat. I had an empty seat next to me. I and know. for a fat guy like me, I like empty seats next to me. So. 
And I, you know, I, yeah, I'm not going to say anything. Okay. Uh, so BC and Calgary played out, and it was BC came out of the gate and dominated the Calgary Stampeders. It was absolutely BC's game. Calgary went, what the fuck happened? Because it did not look good for a long time. And uh, went through the game, and uh, don't leave early. No lead is safe. Charles, what do you think about this game? Oh, I loved it for about 55 minutes. Um, Unfortunately, the last five minutes had to happen. And I didn't like it as much. Yeah, unfortunately they are. But, uh, yeah, I didn't care for it as much after that point. Um, The Lions look uh, great, I would say, for, like I said, three and a half quarters on both offense and defense. Hey, the offense was great for the whole game. I thought the offense, this was easily the best game the offense played. And I think you can really see uh, the offense uh, really starting to gel now, as I expected they would. Uh, Mike Riley spreading the ball around really well. They were moving the ball really well. Uh, they put up points. Uh, the, the, the I think in the uh, first couple of games the Lions played this year, they they had some issues uh, when they were getting down close into the other end uh, of getting the ball in the end zone and settling for field goals. They really didn't have that. This one, I thought Mike Riley was outstanding in this game, and I thought the defense was playing great in this game. Until you hit about the five-minute mark or the seven-minute mark of the fourth quarter, and then the defense went south and went south badly. I mean, you even got to look at it. Bo Levi Mitchell gets knocked out of this game. They're the the Stampeders are relying on Arbuckle. What's his first name? Nick? Nick Arbuckle or Nick. something? Nick. Nick Arbuckle, Nick. yeah. I mean, no offense to him, but... He, He's not exactly got a pedigree as a um, blue-chip quarterback prospect, although the guy was pretty good. And the Lions, Mike Riley scores a rushing touchdown with about four minutes left in the game, it's the fourth quarter, to put the Lions up by 11. That game should be over. And I don't know what it is. I think the Lions kind of went into a bit of a prevent defense. Um, a Stubler defense? No, never. Yeah, a Stubler defense, and I'm really starting to question that higher. I know it's only three games, but their defensive scheme has not been good through three games. Um, well, I shouldn't say that because if for for the first three and a half quarters, their defense played quite well, but then they forgot the last five minutes of the game existed. And Calgary, let's face it, Calgary didn't play well in this game. And all the Lions really had to do was change about two plays in that game, and they get the victory. Uh, of course, there, there's a lot of talk about the, the third down gamble at the one-yard line at the end of the first uh, half, oh. where, you know, you got to think about, you know, do you take the points there? The thing is, if let's say the Lions decide to, to kick the field goal and take the points there, they probably win the game at that point. Um, Not at that then, point, of course, but later on. The, well, they probably – that's – sorry. Yes, that's what I mean. That was in the – and then the onside kick, the Lions, I don't know what they were doing there because they they, they were just terribly set up for that. Uh, the Stampeders made getting that ball look really easy. 
And then the defense just laid back and uh, let um, Arbuckle pick them apart. They took some dumb penalties. Yes, I'm talking to you, Odell Willis, that uh, helped the Stampeders out. And they're able to put the ball in the end zone and steal a win that the and the Stampeders steal a win in a game they had no business winning. And uh, let's hope the Lions learn their lesson from this, that you can't stop playing when there's seven minutes left in a game, even if you do have a double-digit lead, because as we said, no lead is safe. And it was crushing. Uh, the weird thing is this, is this is probably the Lions' best performance of the year. It's unquestionably the Lions' best performance of the year. And they still come up short because the defense couldn't shut it down in the last five minutes. So they got to learn from this. There was a lot, a lot of positives coming out of this from the BC Lions. But the one negative was that the defensive breakdowns in the fourth quarter that cost them what should have been their first win. Yeah, for sure. Ooh, ooh. Did you see this, this picture? Did you see this picture? The Darren Matthews on the uh, chat found a BC Lions crib board. Yes, I did. That was cool looking. Very cool. Very cool. Okay, sorry. Got distracted. Easily for me to happen. William, Calgary Stampeders, BC Lions. Yeah. You get to, play. You get to talk about this I, one. I don't. I don't want to rub salt in the wound. But You're not. Yes, you do. do you realize? Do you realize that one point in the game it was twenty-two to one? Yes, we do. Yes, we're who aware gives of that. up? Who gives up a twenty-one point lead? Okay. Um, the Lions did. I guess you know it's it's funny because uh, Calgary and, and we didn't find it funny. I mean, BC BC got up early. And I personally think some of that you can add as rust because they had a bye week a week after they started their season and they had to sit around and do nothing. And I think that makes a difference. And it took them a couple of quarters to get their, their mojo going. They lost a couple of people in their first, well, they lost somebody in the, in the warm up, and then they lost a couple of guys before halftime. But a team like Calgary, and I think you can go nameless and faceless. You never want to get give them mole, okay? And at halftime, I think that goal line stance um, was mole. And, uh, you know, you can say what you want about the lack of Calgary defense this year, but the one guy who has played well is, oh, my God, and now I'm going to forget his name. The guy who's replaced Alex Singleton, and he's 35 years old. And he is all over the field. He's the guy who got fined in the first week for the head hit. God, what's his name? Don't know. He played for in Toronto. Um, I can't remember his name. I'll figure it out. But anyways, you know what? It was, I'm entertained by football. It was a good football game. Did I expect Calgary to come back? Well, you know, I always hope. And uh, obviously they came back. Um, I really feel bad for some guys. And let me tell you, Mike Riley doesn't usually get frustrated, but 
near the end of the game when Calgary stopped them when they had their last drive, Mike Riley was frustrated. You can tell. He took oh, his yeah. helmet off. He, he ripped them. He, he was frustrated. I mean, I feel bad for a guy like Mike Riley who plays his nuts off every game. I felt bad for Brian Burnham because he played his nuts off in that game, too. He was making all kinds of catches. But the one guy, and I I hate to get onto this subject, but I'm going to take there anyways. You know, uh, the one guy who does not, in my mind, ever pay the price is Deron Carter. Okay? I saw him in this game. He does not come back for balls. He doesn't. I, I I don't I don't know how motivated a guy like that is. And I'm sorry, you need everybody to be motivated. And uh he just didn't show me anything in that game really. And I don't even know how many catches he had. I know he had some catches, but there was some where he just gave up on the ball which he should have should not have. Um I, I don't think Bo Levi was the problem in this game either because there were some receivers who were dropping passes because he hit them right in the hands and they would drop a pass. And so, but bottom line is none of that stuff matters. A win is a win is a win. And that's the first win for the Calgary Stampeders this year. And I'll take it. And now in the situation they're in, I, I'm, I'm concerned about how many more wins they're going to get because the, uh, the rumors today out of, out of Calgary is Bo Levi is not he's going for an MRI on Tuesday and I did see an interview today and he says it's not his shoulder he says it's a tendon or a muscle problem in his chest and when you say things like that when you talk of muscles and tendons you hope they're not torn um, you hope they're just stretched so we will see what happens because you know Nick Arbuckle is is great from the bench but People have a book on them now, and we'll see what happens. We'll see what happens. It's going to be a real interesting year in Calgary if Bo Levi is out for any amount of time. And maybe if he is out for an amount of time, it will prove if Nick Arbuckle goes in and, and, and throws the lights out, it'll prove what Christopher Jones has been saying for the last five years. So, Right. But that being said, and I'm not going to stick up for Mitchell here, he's he's not a, a terrible quarterback. He's an average quarterback on an exceptional team. Now, this team doesn't look as exceptional as it has in the past, but I still think he's a better quarterback. Okay? So if Arbuckle doesn't They're come in and, and do real well, don't say that this proves that uh, Mitchell's a, a you know a god because it, it doesn't. But if he does come okay. in and light it up, then you, you, uh, yes, I, of course I prove my point. But if he comes in and sucks, I'm not wrong. It doesn't prove me wrong. It just means that he's not that good a quarterback. I mean, he is a good quarterback. Just, he's in the CFL. He's a I, professional I, quarterback. He has to be I, respectable. I just, and I, you guys can disagree with me if you want to, but I just think Calgary prepares their second-string guys better than most teams. Of course. And I Nobody's going to argue with you. I don't, know if they, I don't know if they have some kind of 
diff- if they practice differently or if they're coached differently, but that that whole next man up theory, okay, it works in Calgary, except right now they don't have a lot of next men up, to be honest with you, because they've all gone away to different teams and they're not as deep as they used to be or were. And so I just think, like, Arbuckle came in there and look what he did. And if you go back, if you go back, and I'm trying to think, and I someone mentioned it, in 2014, they played Toronto. That was Bo Levi Mitchell's first year when he was a starter. And they were, they were down 29-3 to three or something at halftime to Toronto. And they came all the way back in the fourth quarter. Bo Levi got knocked out of the game. And Drew Tate came in, and he went six for six, and he won the game. So I think they, for some reason, it's the system, and they prepare the guys. And Dave Dickinson's always talking about details and, and consistency. And I think it might be the difference. I really do. Yeah. Well, I'm, I'm not going to argue that one at all. Um, no. But, you know, the BC Lion fans on, on, on Let's Talk BC Lions are losing their freaking minds over this collapse of the BC Lions in this game. And they let a second-string quarterback in off the bench to beat them. Well, people, you can only plan your defense for one quarterback you can't plan for two different quarterbacks assuming that he might get into the game which never happens because how many times does a second string quarterback actually get to play in a game two percent three percent in calgary yeah it doesn't happen it doesn't happen why would you ever prepare to be to play mike riley's backup ask kevin glenn who prepared for kevin glenn last year not even Kevin Glenn. Uh, so, when Nick Arbuckle comes into the game, he hasn't had a lot of experience in the CFL. There's no film on him. Nobody knows what to expect. And how do you strategize a defense for that? You cannot. You cannot prepare prior game for that. You can only change your game as you're going along, and there's only three minutes left in the game. You don't have a lot of uh, opportunity to uh, find out what works and what doesn't work. You either find out what works and you win the game, or you find out what doesn't work and you lose the game. What happened? Nick Arbuckle came in, and BC didn't know what to do, and he won. Are you surprised? BC Lions had beat Bo Levi Mitchell. They would beat him. If he had stayed in the game, if he hadn't got hurt – he wouldn't, be, wouldn't have been coming back. Calgary would not have come back and beat the Lions if Mitchell stayed in the game. But because Nick Arbuckle got in there and the Lions had no idea what to expect or no way to counter what he was doing on such a short notice, they won the game. Plain and simple. This wasn't complicated. As soon as Bo Levi Mitchell went down, I went, we're going to lose. It, it just it, – it happens when a guy – that's why quarterbacks coming off the bench are so successful. That's why people like James Franklin look so goddamn good that he gets a killer contract in Toronto and a huge trade between the two teams 
so that he could come out and play football. But he hasn't actually proved himself. He came off the bench and nobody knew what the hell to do. And nobody gets to this league to get into the second spot in the CFL being a useless quarterback. They're all skilled to a certain level. They may not be as skilled as some, but they're still competent quarterbacks, or at least they should be. That's why BC lost his game. Plain and simple. It's because of Arbuckle. He won this game. And it wasn't so much that it was him himself. It was the fact that BC couldn't prepare for him. Final score was the BC Lions 32, the Calgary Stampeders 36. They won by four points. This one kind of pissed me off a little bit. Uh, Charles, you picked BC, you lost. Yep. Will, you should have picked BC, but no, you didn't. You picked uh, you picked Calgary. You're up by 15 points. Mark also picked Calgary to win, but he was out by 24. Will, you win. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Is that all you got to say? Mm-hmm. Well, what else can I say, man? I don't know. I mean, Show I'm some excitement, some enthusiasm. Say, yeah, awesome. I'm, I'm gonna, it, I'm gonna catch yeah, but, Mark on the season. You didn't, you didn't tell me at the end of the season. Is there a new car or something? No. If there's not, I'm not excited. Okay. It's so, bragging rights, brother. Who cares about bragging rights? So someone made some dumb predictions and they actually got it right. Come on. Does it really matter? You see, no. the other key, you know. You know, you're talking about Arbuckle won the game, but you know what? I I really think, um, I really think uh, Eric Rogers had a lot to do with them winning the game too, because BC couldn't cover him. I mean, he's what did he? I think he had three or four touchdowns in that game. He had three touchdowns. Three touchdowns. Okay, they can't cover him because most of the time he was wide open. So. And uh, he is he is looking like he used to look in Calgary before he tried to make the NFL and had a major injury. So, but it's still only offensive football, and that's not what the Stampeders have to work on. Anyway, let's move on. I'm not saying Arbuckle won the game, but it was because he was in the game. Yeah, they won. Yes, and we all know Eric Rogers is an amazing receiver. There's and no and doubt about sometimes, that. you know what, sometimes the other thing about second-string quarterbacks is they actually get to sit back and watch the game, and I bet you they see things and, and you know, sometimes can take advantage of it. So, You think? Yeah. Yeah. I don't have any doubt on that one. <laughs> Okay, so Will, you won that one. That's you got two for the season. Now, the Saskatchewan Toronto game is finally over. Deep sigh. Charles, you did you watch it? Did you watch any of it? There were some pretty cool pictures yeah, I, of lightning I strikes. Quite, yeah, I watched quite a bit of it. Yeah, there was some cool pictures. You you go ahead and talk here. It's your turn. All right. Well, 
The Toronto Argonauts are not a very good football team. I personally don't think the Saskatchewan Rough Riders are that good a football team, but they're better than the Toronto Argonauts. And that was pretty evident tonight. I mean, Cody Fajardo, uh, he's having some big games. Now, is he facing the uh, best talent? No, he hasn't faced any top double DV. He played Ottawa, who's sketchy on defense. And he played Toronto today, whose defense is simply crap. Uh, But, hey, he did the most with it. He passed for 430 yards. A huge game for him. Um, 200-yard receivers in uh, Karen Moore and Shaquille Evans for the um, Saskatchewan Rough Riders. James Franklin, you know what? He wasn't terrible in this game. 20 to 28 for 224, one touchdown, two picks. Although I, he did go down with an injury um, um, in this game. I don't know how serious it was. He didn't finish the game. Um, McLeod Bethel Thompson did. He, he, Again, he walked off under his own power. Okay, so it, he may not be too badly hurt. Again, I'm going to bring this up. Remember when we went through the whole thing with James Wilder Jr. saying he wasn't getting paid enough, and uh, yeah, he was like such a great running back and so on. Yeah, yeah, great running backs typically get more than ten carries for sixty yards. That 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 guy had a bit. He was a flash. I'm sorry, he was a flash in the pan. I'm sorry, but he has done nothing since then. Darrell Walker had one catch. He's probably your best receiver. He's got one catch. Come on. This team's a mess. Like I said, they're competing with Montreal with the um, who the worst team in the CFL is. They're well, both and BC and Calgary. Ah, uh, the BC and Calgary are better than either one of these teams. Sorry. But both these of them put together. train wreck. Hmm? <laughs> both of them put together. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I, I just there's not much you can say because Toronto is just that awful. They really are. They're a they're a terrible football team right now, and all of this got to fall on the uh, fall on the hands of Jim Pop because he had a whole off season to put this team together, and yeah, he hasn't put uh, anything together here that assembled anything remotely looking like a football team. So they're in for a long year in um, Toronto again. And Saskatchewan, good on them. They got the win. Uh, they didn't – It was this was almost a glorified practice for them because they weren't um, really playing anything uh, – any type of real competition. But, hey, there were some cool lightning strikes during the game, so there's that. True. Yep. Everybody loves a good storm. Yep. Okay. Well, That's yeah. about it for that one. Saskatchewan, Toronto. Um, well, you know what? I'm I'm happy for Dave. Or sorry, I'm happy for uh, um, Craig Dickinson. He got his first win as the head coach in the CFL, which is nice. Okay. Um. Cody Fajardo threw for over 400 yards. Did you hear that? Cody Fajardo threw for over 400 yards. One more time, Cody Fajardo threw for over 
400 yards. Wasn't he BC's second or third string last year? I can't remember which. Second. He was a backup. He was a backup last year. Yeah, Ricky Lloyd was third. So, we're, you know, it's funny because we're starting to see in the CFL a couple of guys that have been backups are starting to come out. Now, you can't read that much into it, but, you know, they've taken the reins as the starter, and Cody Fajardo's one, Dominic Davis is another, and and they haven't looked at a place, which is only good yeah. for the CFL, which is only good for the CFL, okay? And so uh, Saskatchewan won. So we'll have a – what are we going to have? We're going to have a battle – third place in the West next Saturday night. Calgary and Saskatchewan. Ooh-ah! Let's see what happens. That's scary. For third place. Yeah. But, oh well. Well, good on Saskatchewan for winning. I didn't watch much of the game because when things get rain-delayed, I can't sit in front of the TV and listen to those guys talk, so I did some other things that I never did get back to it, so... Oh, but you missed Toronto. Mike Siegel body surfing. Oh, did I? Yeah. Um, no. Cody, uh, sorry, Toronto Toronto looked pathetic, which Toronto has looked pathetic. James Franklin didn't do badly, but I don't know. It's just Jacques Chapdelaine is the OC, and Corey Chamberlain is the head coach. I just don't think they have good coaching, and I don't think they have good management, and it's a problem because those teams have to get stronger in the CFL for this to be a successful league. There you go. That's my take. Oh, we agree. And I know I didn't win because I will never pick Saskatchewan for anything. Oh, yeah. You picked Saskatchewan. You picked Toronto. So I'll just mark a line through here. I didn't. Mark did too. Mark picks us Toronto. Charles, what did you do? Oh, you picked Saskatchewan. I picked Saskatchewan. Okay. So I watched the last quarter on this game, and uh, Saskatchewan did not play very well. They didn't have to, or they didn't need to, but they didn't play very well. So, Ryder fans, if you're taking anything from this game, just be thankful that Owen has left the building and is no longer residing in Regina. Don't start planning the parade route, my friend. You're still going to end up in the cellar of the, of the Western Division. Uh, not impressed at all with Saskatchewan's gameplay. Uh, yeah, good yards, good numbers, good everything else. But you're playing Toronto. You should have beat them by a hell of a lot more than you did. 32-7, to 7, I guess, is a pretty good mollywop. But, okay. And that's what the final score was, 32-7 to 7 for the Saskatchewan Rough Riders over the Toronto Argonauts. As we said, Mark and Will both picked Toronto, so they are eliminated from the play. Christopher did amazing. I picked 12 to 38. Saskatchewan did need to score another touchdown. They didn't. 
Toronto could have got a field goal. They didn't. But I still was really close. So I picked 12, 38 to 12. Final score was 32 to 7. I was out by a total of 11 points. Good for the No, it's not. Charles picked 14 to 30. 30 to 14. So he's out by two points on Saskatchewan and seven points. So he's out by a total of nine, which beats my 11. And Charles, you're now four and Mark is four for the season. You two are tied for the lead. Yay. See, well, that's called enthusiasm. No, no comment yep. from the peanut gallery. Apparently not. No, it's not. It's just not. It's not enthusiastic about this at all. So that's a wrap on this season, this week's games. Throw them in the garbage. Do what you want with it. It's still week three. Teams are getting better. I'm not disappointed with the play of the BC Lions. I'm a little disappointed with their finish, but they still played a good football game, and it was better than the week one, and it was definitely better than week two. Uh, slowly, I think each game is getting. And as Will had said. Uh, BC and Calgary are both improving on the season. Toronto and Montreal are not. So please do not compare these two, these four teams. You cannot. doesn't matter if BC is 0-3 and Calgary is 0-2. They're not going to stay that way long. The only way that Montreal or Toronto are going to win a game is when they play Montreal and Toronto. Somebody has to win. Unless you're well, all on Calgary, well, then it could be a tie. Christopher, Christopher, Calgary's not 0-2. Oh, no, 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 no. Sorry, they're not. They're 1-1. One one. They're 1-1. One one. I, I apologize. I apologize. I apologize. Yes, they beat BC. We we just observed that game. We talked about that game. I'm bad. My bad. My bad. One, th- one thing I will point out about the BC game is, hey, at least they had a little bit of a running game this week. Which they had had to this point. It was better. They had uh, nearly 100 yards. I mean, it still wasn't spectacular or anything, but it was better than four yards. Yes, it was. Yeah, and actually, you know, running decent runs, John White. Running 100 yards against Calgary is impressive. Yeah. It's been hard to do. A lot of teams have had trouble doing that. For a decade. Hey, you know what? You know what? I wanted to just give a shout out. You know who's still impressing the crap out of me right now? It's John Stephen Logan in no Stephen Logan in Montreal. He's still returning those balls, man, and he still has a jump in his step. Effectively, yeah, too. Mm-hmm. How old is he? Thirty-eight, thirty-seven, thirty-eight years old. Yeah, he's up there somewhere. Like amazing. Yeah, he really is. He's 38 years old. So, wow. I, wow. I'm totally I totally impressed. I, he hasn't. I don't think he's lost a step. I really don't. It doesn't seem like it. He's still got no. good speed and everything. Yeah. Yeah, he does. Which is impressive at his age. Yeah. It's impressive at any age. Everyone's yes. 38 years yep. old. Okay. So, first segment, foot, 
non-game segment is Old Levi Mitchell will have an MRI Tuesday. If he's out long-term, does Arbuckle have the tools to give the Stamps long-term success? I think we've already discussed this, is that Dave Dickinson has made sure that Nick Arbuckle is prepared and ready to take over this team at any given time. I don't think anybody is going to dispute that or argue it. It's it's just you'd, you'd look like a fool. Uh, do we think that this is going to lead to Stamps' long-term success? I don't think the Stamps are going to do any poorly because he's there. Do I think he's, they're going to be any better? No, I don't think they're going to be much better. Uh, it's not like in, in Winnipeg where the fans are praying that Matt Nichols goes down so Chris Strebler can come in and play football, which I think is stupid and ridiculous. But, uh, I, you know, I don't wish ill will against anybody. I hope Bo Levi Mitchell is okay and heals up and comes back and plays football. The CFL is a better league with him in it. Uh yeah, whatever. I got a little bit of razzing on the uh, on the CFL group from uh, the Calgary Stampeder fans when they said that Bo Levi Mitchell will be having an MRI, and I said, "What's the matter? Did he get a bruised ego?" And uh, oh man, they just went at me for making fun of uh, a player that's been injured. And I went, "No, I'm not really making fun of his injury. I'm kind of making fun of his ego." Uh, but that that little su- that subtleness does, is completely lost on football fans who are just one step up. Never mind. Okay, uh, Willie. Yeah. Long term success of the Stampeders can it be attained with Nick Arbuckle as the quarterback? I think so. Well, you know what? I don't. I don't know. Um, we haven't really seen him play a whole game. We've never seen him as a starter. Let's see what he does. Um, exactly. You know, I, I, I think once again, it goes back to coaching and management. You know, he's got John Huffdale. He's got Dave Dickinson. He's got Ryan Dinwiddie. So, yeah, I mean, and, and I don't think, you see, I don't think the Stampeders ever put a guy as their second string quarterback just to have him as a second string quarterback. I think they have him as a successor. It's the reason it's the reason Andrew Buckley made it as their second string quarterback two years ago. And this guy was only twenty two years old. Because I think they see something in them and they develop them and you know, this goes back this goes back to the Wally Buono days. And, you know, you can think about all the quarterbacks that started out with the Stampeders. There was Dave Dickinson, Henry Burris, um, you know, and they're very good at quarterbacks. So we'll see what happens. Um, But whenever the backup comes in, like, let's face it, eight years, or sorry, before 2014, we'd never heard about Bo Levi Mitchell either. So we'll see what happens. Or Mike um, Riley. I, uh, or Mike Riley. I, I, I think, I think, uh, and if and if our buckle doesn't work, then they will get somebody that does work. Okay, I'm thinking. I've heard rumors in Calgary that uh, 
that uh, Marcus Crandall wants to come out of retirement. And so you never know, right? You never know, man. You never know. You never know. And I don't know, Dave Dickinson has probably recovered from being concussed all those years, so you never know. Maybe he'll come back. You know, um, a year ago I would have said, it doesn't matter who the quarterback is because the defense will just stop everybody. But you can't say that anymore. So, um, you know, even though even though there was a penalty called or there was the touchdown was called back the other night, you got to admit this Trey Roberson guy is pretty impressive because he picked Mike Riley and he went all the way for a touchdown, but it got called back on a penalty. Which I was asking everybody if that was a penalty because I didn't see the replay and. It was an absolute penalty. So, anyways, so be it. Yeah, I think they'll be fine. I think they'll be fine. Okay, Charles, what do you got? It's one thing for teams to uh, come out and, or not teams, but quarterbacks to come out and look great on the on the bench or look great coming off the bench. It's a whole different uh, world when you're starting. So people are saying, oh, they'll be good looking at what Arbuckle did the other night. Well, that's completely different. You can't go by what a quarterback does. Quarterbacks have come in and looked great coming off the bench before. Then when they start games, it becomes a whole different world. Um, You know, you he has he ever started a single game? Did no. he start it all last year? Never. No. No. Okay, so no, no. this yeah, this is um um He did he did look good in the preseason. That doesn't yeah. say much, but Right. But let's face it, the preseason you who knows who you're playing against. But uh yeah. in reality, um the Arbuckle, um, uh, he's got to walk before he can run, and I just don't uh, think, uh, I mean, he's going to have his growing pains if he has to come in and start for Bo Levi Mitchell. There's no question about it. Yeah, he went nine for nine the other night. That's a different situation. Uh, and like CJ said earlier, defenses plan for a certain quarterback. When the back comp comes in, that changes the offense altogether. So now you're dealing with a different quarterback who plays differently, runs different uh, types of offenses, different types of plays. So it can uh, it can have an, uh, an adverse effect on a defense. Um, when a guy has to start and you're preparing for a guy, uh, a quarterback, that's a big difference. So... Uh, sure, he looked good the other night, but uh, if he's got to be long term, there's going to be some. They're going to have some problems probably. So uh, yep. he's going to have ups and he's going to have downs. That's how it is as a young quarterback. So um, while he looked good the other night, don't put too much into that and oversell it because um, that could be. Um, that could be a mistake if you're thinking it's just going to be like that as a starter. And don't forget, defensive coordinators, if he's the starter next week, these guys 
are going to put stuff in there that he's never seen before just to fool them, okay? Of course. You know, it's going to mess with them. Guaranteed. Well, that's the and and so they should. Yeah. Competitive advantage. Absolutely. (laughs) Okay. So, we think our. Arbuckle's going to be a passable quarterback. He may even be on the high side of things. Calgary's not a bad team. So, long-term success is best with Bo Levi. So, I don't know. Moving on. Yep. Halifax Football Group is said to be finalizing their business plan for their prospective franchise, begging the question, shouldn't this have been done a long time ago? I have probably eight or ten full-blown business plans with marketing plan, financials, everything else for companies that didn't get any further than that. But the business plan is built. I could pick it up right now and walk into an investor, slam it down on the table and say, this is real. I haven't announced it to the world. I haven't got the commissioner of the CFL to say anything. I haven't got anybody saying anything other than the fact that I have done my due diligence and my homework. And each one of these takes probably four months of my life to do. But I've got them sitting here in my computer, and they've never been taken to the next step. To go 28 steps before you have a business plan is incompetent. If you do not have a business plan with financials and where you're getting your money from and how you're going to play in a stadium, and the stadium's going to be built, and what your long-term, short-term, long, medium, and long-term goals are, you're an idiot. These guys are just finalizing their business plan, and we they, they've named their team. They've built logo wear. I, I, I have no response. I, I don't know what to say to this. It's lunacy. Charles, try to make sense out of this for me because I'm not getting it. Well, my jaw kind of dropped when I saw this. I'm like, what do you mean finishing up their business plan? Uh, They should have had a business plan before they ever said one word to the CFL. That's how you you do things. If they're just doing it now, they're farther off than anyone ever thought. Because that's not how you go about things. You don't apply for a franchise and then say, oh, maybe we should do a business plan. This is stuff that uh, should be done a long time ago, and this just shows that this group is being irresponsible. And these guys um, are trying to fast-track it. It's uh, kind of, this, this is, I read that, and I'm like, this is an embarrassing story. They can't just, uh, you don't just um, do it like this. I, I just couldn't understand what, they don't have a business plan finalized yet? Then what have they been talking to? Who have they been talking to? And what have they been talking about? 
that's crazy as, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, these guys, uh, I don't know, this group has not impressed me with the way they've gone about things at all. It just seems like they, um, they're um, piecing things together as they go and making things up as they go, which is not how you should be running a football team. So I was just kind of surprised more than anything when I read that article because these guys just seem disorganized. You you can fly by the seat of your pants and a lot of different things, but you cannot do it in a multi-million dollar company. No. You, you, you can't. It that doesn't work. I mean, it doesn't yeah, work on work a like company. That. If you were putting $20,000 of your hard-earned money into a business venture, don't you think you'd have a fucking business plan? Um, yeah. You'd think, oh, we'll just go in and we'll wing it and hope it works out. That's not like well, one thing. That, and that's kind of how what they're doing. You know, They're selling season's tickets. you got to make a $50 yeah. commitment to selling season tickets. And they haven't got a business plan to show their oh. shareholders and, and, and stakeholders? Yeah, yeah. no oh. of these guys don't have a completed business plan. Why is anyone going to even give them 50 bucks? Why would you, do, why well, would you give them any money at all? Yeah, exactly. You would assume that they had. Yeah, exactly. That's the problem is that uh, now if, I'm, if I've already given my 50 bucks, I'm like uh, – Maybe I might not want that money back now because I'm like, well, you guys don't seem organized. I don't want you guys having my money. I, I would <sighs> never have given it to them in the first place, but that's beside the point. <sighs> no kidding. Yeah, I got no real response to this one. I'm going to have to open up Will's mic. I turned his mic off because he was making funny noises. William! Open your mic now. I know you've uh, you muted it. Open it yes, up. Tell us sir. what you think about That's this I, business I kind of figured. Yeah. Well, you see, there's the thing. Okay, yes, they should have a business plan. They should have had a business plan. If you're trying to get investors, you should have some kind of business plan so they'll invest, right? Yep. And you think? They, they don't. They don't. But the scariest thing is, and this is one of my biggest pet peeves in life, okay, is I am properly educated on on how to start a business and the things you should go through and so on and so forth. And if I was going to open a business, I would probably put all these things together and then I would make a decision whether it was going to happen or not based on those facts. Yeah. I have always been and I have always been envious and I've met a couple of people in my lifetime and both of these guys in particular were um six they still needed six more brain cells to be to be Neanderthals, okay? And they are successful entrepreneurs. And I'm sure their idea started with okay. I've decided I'm going to sell some widgets. Hold my beer. Watch this. Hold your beer. Watch this. Yeah. Isn't that the, I, I, the, the line gonna... that usually happens here? Hold my beer. Watch yeah. this. It's going to happen. Yeah. Okay. And, and, and they decide they're going to sell widgets. They don't look at anything, and they just have that mindset, I'm going to sell widgets. And they're successful. 
And the other yeah. things that come with owning a business, they just work it out when it hits them. Okay? I've always hated guys like that. But in some situations, ignorance is bliss. Because there's nothing that's going to hold them back. All they're going to do is sell these things. And and that's their mindset, and they're successful. I, I don't think it, you can do that in the CFL, but maybe that's what they're thinking. I don't know, man. Especially when when the league is saying, oh, yeah, yeah, franchise in Halifax. Let's do it. Let's do it. Let's do it. You know what I mean? Yeah. So maybe that's what part of it is. Yeah, it, it's funny know. that you say that, that Will, because, you know, I, I am coming down pretty hard on these guys because they're being incompetent without their business plan. But yeah. I have built two highly successful businesses that I have a lot of money, and I've never built a business plan for them. Yet every time I build right. a business plan, I look at the business plan and go, well, this isn't going to work. I'm not doing this. Right. Right. So right. If, if if I had built a business plan for my other businesses that were successful, would I have not done them because they look stupid on paper? But just by, you know, rolling up your sleeves, guts and glory, and you make it work. And that yep. can work. That works on a fly by night. And I'm not going to use the word fly by night, but in, in a small mom and pop entrepreneurial business, you can get away with not having a business plan. You can. But you can't get away with a business plan when you need a $200 million stadium. True. True. So, yes, I'm one of those people that you hate. Well, yeah, and, and like I said, and the, and the two guys in particular that I'm talking about, I'm telling you, their businesses are worth at least $100 million apiece, okay? Yeah. And they started it in their, they started it in their basement, and they just got an idea one day, and oh, this is what I'm gonna do, and we probably would have put a plan together and said, ah, this is not gonna work. I'm not gonna do this. I'm not gonna waste my money. You know what I mean? Yeah. So I give guys like that lots of credit. Yeah. But I guess it's a, I guess it's a gambler or. They're too stupid to realize it's not going to work, and in reality, it works. It just it boggles my mind. Yeah, I don't know. Kind of reminded me of the, the the story of the guy that created FedEx. Do you remember that? He built a business plan for FedEx and used it as his thesis and his uh, master's degree or uh, PhD or whatever it was, and and he he failed. Because the uh, the prof said that uh, overnight delivery is in- unattainable. He says it's ridiculous, and he took his business plan and went off and made the company. Proved him wrong. Anyhow, yeah. Even, we're even as I was going to say, light, you're wrong. even mm-hmm. even as stupid as I was watching Shark Tank or something one night, and this couple came on. And you guys know that when you open the car door of your car, there's that little U-shaped piece that closes your door, you know, that your door attaches to. Yes. They made they made a piece of metal that you can stick in that thing and step on it to load things onto the roof of your vehicle, okay? Yeah. It was okay. the stupidest, simplest thing ever. 
and Mark Cuban bought the whole company from them for $3 million, and they didn't have to do shit, okay? I mean, that things like that blow my mind, because it was so simple, it was scary. Yeah. Yeah. I can't yeah. invent things. I can't come up with a concept, but show me a problem, and I'll solve it for you. Uh-huh. If somebody had a problem with getting onto a roof, I would, could have done that. But I couldn't just say, hey, uh-huh. I need this to get on my roof. Anyhow, beside the point. Digressing again. Yeah. Back into business. Okay, Anyways, so Halifax go. Football Group is said to be finalizing their business plan for the prospect of franchise begging. That's the one we just did. I know. I'm, I'm re-going over it. I we okay. I think we're all in agreement here that this is absolute ludicrous. And uh, they they really should have had their shit together long before this. And I understand that a business plan is a live document, and it changes and modifies as you go along and as you reach goals, attain goals, and, and, and exceed them or, or crash and burn. Uh, you modify the business plan, modify the financial expectations. You uh, modify your marketing plan to accommodate the new statistics that you have acquired. They're not even there yet. Idiots. I, I, I don't know what else to say. I'm, I'm just, I'm, I'm just kind of thrown, I'm completely thrown away by this. Okay. They, Moving these on. were the best guys they could find. <laughs> yeah. Oh, my good Lord. This week's Saskatchewan-Toronto game marked the return of TSN Live Mike Games. Do we like the Live Mike Games? I do. I don't know what the hell the quarterback's saying the majority of the time. And I, I played football. And I'm... Uh, just completely impressed or, or or confused by it all. I like to hear the defensive players because they talk smack all the time. That's what I really want to hear. We don't. I don't think we need to listen to the head coach. I don't think we need to listen to the quarterback. I think we need to listen to some scary ass person on on the team, some badass O lineman, some badass defensive lineman, and uh, smack talking defensive backs. Maybe even a receiver, head coach and quarterback. I'm. I don't need to listen to what they're doing. They're they're boring as hell. Uh, I listened to Mike Riley in that that one game, and and I I don't know what the hell. I'm I'm pretty sure it wasn't English that he was speaking because he said all sorts of weird shit that did made no sense to me as a fan. It's been too long since I played football, and it was never important to me back then. Charles, what's your thoughts on the live mic? Returning to the TSN CFL. I'm very much of a mixed mind on that because it's kind of cool to hear these guys, you know, kind of what they're saying. And to be, I like hearing the coaches, especially when they have discussions with the refereeings and so on. Uh, but I find it just very, at times, very distracting where you can hear these guys um, um on the field, you can hear the quarterback calling it out. But if you're trying to listen, a lot of times I find if you're trying to listen to the commentary and they've got the live mic out, they kind of talk over each other. So at times it gets very difficult to hear what either one is saying because they're all saying different things. Uh, 
I like the concept. I just don't know if they've um, really um, perfected it or not. Yeah, that's a valid point. I, I, I just should, at times I just find it distracting. It, it's very distracting. Uh, I, I, I think it's been. Having the live mics, I, I like the mic'd up as opposed to the live mic. Okay? Yes. That's yes. where, like, during a commercial break or a stoppage in play, they go back and they give us snapshots of what these two players are barking at each other about. And to me, that's what, what I want to hear is I want to hear the, the defensive back beacon off, uh, you know, talking smack. Uh, the actual play calling. In fact, tonight I noticed in Saskatchewan, where it, it's, it, who called the game? Was it Suter and, and Cuthbert? It was Suter and uh, Cuthbert, yes. Yeah. They, the defensive player said something about called out their play, and Suter starts to explain this on TV. Okay? It's nice for the fans to understand this, but I'll guarantee you the Saskatchewan Rough Riders had somebody in the booth watching the goddamn game so that he could listen to this. The first thing he's doing, he's on the headset talking to the defensive coordinator or the offensive coordinator saying this is the package that they're bringing. There has to be a time delay so that the play is over before that is spewed across, broadcast across the nation. That's my opinion on it. I, I, I think that you're, you're jeopardizing the integrity of the game here. Uh, I know Jason Moss and Mike Riley had a huge issue with this way back when, and it, it got into all sorts of nasties with the league. Uh, but they, their biggest problem was that teams will learn the next game and the next game and the next game, and they're probably correct. But to actually jeopardize the game in motion at that particular time? No. I'm, I, I, I don't like that part. William, live mic in. Well, I, I, I could care less, but what I would do is I would only mic, I'd mic all the defensive players yeah. and don't tell them. And don't tell them. Okay, that would be interesting. That would be interesting, man. Okay? But they'd never do that because all you'd hear would be bleep, 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 bleep. Okay? Well, well, you you should hear that anyhow. Even with the ones that are mic'd up, they're not going to sit there and and watch their mouth. And that's why it should be on a time delay so that the producers have the ability to do this properly. I just, I guess if it adds something and people watch it because of that, but they don't know what the quarterbacks are saying anyways, okay? So, I mean, I remember going, I remember like 25 years ago going to a coaching clinic and Mike Riley, the coach, was the guy in charge of it and he was a defensive guy. And you know what? I, it was like he spoke a different language. It was, just blew my mind. Okay? And I thought I yeah. knew a lot, and I knew shit. I knew shit. So. And no, I agree. You know. It, 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 yeah, I have no idea what this guy said. 
No, mm-hmm. no. But interesting as hell. No. I mean, I mean, half the I would say not half. Let's go three quarters of the fans probably believe that defensive linemen and offensive linemen just run into each other. That there's no rhyme or reason for anything. But if you played football, you understand what they're trying to do. And I don't think you understand that unless you played football. So. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Charles, did you go on this one? I did, yeah. Yes, you did. Yeah. I think we're all kind of in agreement here that uh, the the live mic is entertaining, but not so much necessary. And uh, defensive players are way more fun to listen to. Uh, Okay, segment eight. I'm going to just stop for a minute. Did anybody see the picture of the new Gainer, the gopher? No. Is, is this is this the new style gainer the gopher because Canada has now legalized marijuana? I'm pretty sure that this guy Why? is ripped. He, what does he look not, like? Have you not seen him? No, I haven't. I haven't oh, seen I, him. I got to post it, post you a picture, gainer, because it, it it it's almost scary. It's weird uh, looking, really weird. Oh yeah, yeah, like. I I think he's stoned. It looked. I don't know what with it. Yeah. Okay. Let's see if I can find Gainer here. Gainer twenty one. Here we'll take a look at him. Well, you know, Saskatchewan is Canada's team. Maybe they let Justin Trudeau uh, design it. Maybe they let Justin Trudeau design it or something. No, I don't know. It's not, a creepy looking gonna... gopher. We're not going to talk politics here, and we're definitely not ever going to mention the concept of Saskatchewan being something, because they're not, <laughs> and we're not going to talk about it. In fact, I'm deleting any post on the uh, Let's Talk CFL that even refrain, uh, makes comment about that, and uh, I, I toasted a couple today already. Mm-hmm. Take a look at that picture, Will. What do you think? Okay, I did look at the picture. That guy is as high as high could be, okay? <laughs> okay, like, so you're kind of in agreement like, with us then. Like, can you say that's the goofiest mascot I've ever seen in my life? Yes, you can say that. And that, that expression on his face looks like he just passed gas or something. <laughs> He's stoned. I, I don't know what else you can uh-huh. say. He's got to be stoned. <laughs> oh well, and apparently Saskatchewan fans are in an uproar about it too. Why they, they don't, don't like it, it, or they just love it? No, they they don't like it. It's weird so, looking. It 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 would scare it children. It, it's scaring me. So I mean, he kind of resembles a he kind of resembles a rat if you think about it. Well, he's more of a rat now than he was before. Even more so now. Yeah. It looks like a drugged up rat now. Yeah. Well, okay. So, so we're at week three. Oh, go ahead, Will. I was changing. Why did they mess with? Why did they mess with it in the first place? If it's not broken, don't fix it. Oh well. Yeah. 
Okay, so we're in week three. Saskatchewan Rough Riders have two star players that have yet to step on the field. Solomon Aluminian and Manny Arsenault. Emmanuel Arsenault. Should they have started this season on the sixth game? Because it doesn't look like they're coming back anytime soon. Yeah, they don't even mention them hardly. No. They don't. They don't say a thing. I just saw a post on another on another site and the line is to all the people who doubt the riders watch out here we come oh my oh god. god you beat toronto guy it's toronto well beat someone meaningful then we'll talk here we come And, and here we come. I, I think that, that wasn't that a, a TV series when we were younger called the Banana Splits. Do you yeah. remember that? Banana <laughs> Splits. And then there's the thing someone posted. I think it was Charles or somebody. But is there? You know, will Will Calaris be able to replace Fajardo when he comes back? Give me a break. The Calaris isn't coming be back. Playing. Forget that. He shouldn't be playing ridiculous. Oh, well. No response. No response. Okay, so uh, moving on. This is Grant. uh, I don't even remember his name. Good fellow or something. Good pastor. Did a uh, a posting of the top ten quarterbacks in the history of the CFL. Now, granted, somebody did this just a little while ago, and also this grueling truth did one about two years ago. And although there's no new quarterbacks on this list, they're different than what he had two years ago. So something has changed. Why Tom Clements is on the list now and isn't before, or the other way around because the two lists weren't the same. So uh, Todd posts this one. This is good for a laugh. Serious bloggers should need a license to write this kind of crap. I almost think that that's, that, that, that should happen. I, I think that their men should pass some type of a test to be a father, and, and bloggers should have to have a license in which to write about a, a subject that they believe in because – I, I I know the grueling truth is is written by an American, and I know that Americans, I, for the most part, not all of them, but for the most part, are are, are kind of lacking on the history and, and and the culture of the CFL because they don't experience it. So how can you go off and write a uh, an article about the top ten quarterbacks in the history of the CFL, and and include people like Danny McManus, Tracy Ham, and leave Kenny Fleon off, and and uh, it, it, Damon Allen's here, 
and, and he puts Doug Flutie in second place between Anthony Calvillo. I did a list once, and I put Anthony Calvillo in sixth place. Uh, he, I, don't, I don't know what to say. Uh, here, here's his list of breaking it down. Top, number one place, Anthony Calvillo. Doug Flutie's in number two. Warren Moon in third. Damon Allen in fourth. Damon oh. Allen? I don't even have him on my Ooh, list. Fourth. Ron Lancaster, Tracy Ham in sixth place, Danny Mack in seventh, Matt Dunnigan in eighth, Dieter Brock in ninth place, and Russ Jackson in tenth place. Okay? Like, okay, I have some people that are arguing this. I've, here's my list. I got Doug Flutie, number one, Warren Moon, number two, no question. Tom Wilkinson is in third place. Kenny Fion is in fourth. Ricky Ray. Then I've got Anthony Calvillo. How about Jackie Parker? He's not on the list. Russ Jackson. I even got Henry Burris here. And then Ron Lancaster. That's my top ten. And I'm not in any way, shape, or form claiming it's perfect. But I'll tell you, it's a lot closer to reality than this guy's list. Unbelievable the amount of people that he Jackie Parker, Kenny's not on there Ricky Ray's not on there How can you not have Ricky Ray? He really is one of the best quarterbacks of all time Charles Anybody? Yeah More better than a few? This was a terrible list Uh, I'm sorry To put Anthony Calvillo Ahead of either um, Doug Flutie or Warren Moon? Well, you've just lost all credibility with me. Uh, or or Ron Lancaster, for that matter. Where is Henry Burris? Why is Henry Burris not on this list? Where's Jeff Garcia? Where's Ricky Ray, like you said? I'm sorry. Danny McManus? I was a fan of Danny McManus when he was uh, in B.C., he is not a top ten quarterback in the CFL. The guy threw way too many interceptions for my liking, and he was a good quarterback, but he's not one of the best of all time. Uh, Damon Allen, I'm sorry, I know people like to point out the fact that he has a lot of yards, but you're going to get receiving a lot of yards and when you play for for 19 years or whatever he played. But when you break down the stats. He was an okay quarterback. He was not spectacular. He was not that good, as a lot of people make him out to be. His stats are, are big because he played for a long time. Um, now, there was a lot uh, on this list that I couldn't understand. I mean, uh, and Russ Jackson, I'm putting higher than 10th place, too. I don't know. He's probably the best Canadian quarterback ever to play. And uh, I'm not putting him at tenth. He's higher than that, as far as I'm concerned. Uh, yeah, this this there was this was all weird. Uh, like you said, Kenny Pleon is not on the list. Tom Clements isn't on this list. No. Nope. And they did a. I think they did a list before when he was on the list. Yeah. So what's happened? It's not like he's hasn't played. Um, Matt Dunnigan, I'm okay with Matt Dunnigan. Tracy Ham is also not on my top ten list. He was a good quarterback, very good quarterback. He doesn't make my top ten list. So, 
Yeah, I, I, I'm thinking like Doug Flutie, Warren Moon, Ron Lancaster, um, Russ Jackson, Ricky Ray. Ricky Ray should be on this list. Yeah, I'm not sure where this guy – is this an American – the groom truth, is this an American site? Yes, yes, he's on American. Yeah, that's telling you. Uh, so I don't know how much this guy really knows about the history of the CFL, but um, – yeah, I don't. These don't make sense to me. This person needs to do some more research, I think. And again, Anthony Cavill. Sorry, I'm not putting him number one. Not in any book. Nope. I mean, they're sorry. only doing this because of because of the length of time in which he played in the CFL. Yeah. You know, and yes, he did win some Grey Cups, and I, I'm not going to take that away from him. But damn, he was not that good of a quarterback. Mhm. Okay. William, what do you got? What's what? Did you look I, at this I, list, I, and are you just laughing hysterically, yeah, or are no, you just no, ignore I, it? I'm just uh, no, no. I I don't like these kind of lists because I don't. I think it is pointless because you should never. You should always do this. You should never compare eras because it's a different game. Yes. Okay. That's I have the same problem. I have the same problem with hockey as well. Different eras. Okay, and and I I think you should go. I don't know, ten year increments or twenty year increments, whatever you want to do. But I mean, there's so many guys that aren't on this list. There's Jeff Garcia's. There's Dave Dickinson for that matter. There's all kinds of guys. Okay, that were all starting quarterbacks, and they were good quarterbacks, and they won great cups. Uh, I, I, I'm once again in 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 a team sport because football is the ultimate team sport. Yes, I, I you got to look at. I mean, I could use your theory, your theory, theory, CJ, and say that anybody could have played for the Eskimos in the 70s when Warren Moon was there and been successful. Because those were those were giant teams. Okay? They were incredible teams. You know? Yes, so, but Warren Moon did go on to the NFL and have a spectacular career. Yes, he did. Absolutely. But I, I don't I don't and I'm one of the guys who doesn't think that's a great big feat, to be honest with you, because I don't think the NFL is that much more superior than the CFL. It's a different game. It's a different yes. game. Yes. Okay? So I hate lists like that. I mean, if we could have a top ten of Will's all-time favorite quarterbacks, I, I could do that. Easy. And most people wouldn't agree with me. So, but it's just dumb. It really is dumb. It's to me, it's the same as comparing, comparing Bobby Orr to anybody else from the nineties or the two thousands. Okay. You cannot do it. It's a different game. It's a different game. And Orr would smack him around. Sure. I'm I'm looking at the list that and here's a uh, CFL QB st- historical stats list, and we got to get at 
basically 90 uh, efficiency rating of 94. Warren Moon, 94. Uh, Anthony Calvillo, 80, 95. Ricky Ray, 8. Dave Dickinson, 110. Damon Allen, 83. Right. Russ Jackson, 91. Okay. Henry Burris, 93. Tom Clemens, 86. But it, as you said, it's a different era. We didn't have the, the, the efficiency rating was different because it was a run game back then for the most part. Right. But I mean, I mean, you look at Danny Tracy McManus M. was 76. M. Right. Tracy Ham had Mike Pringle to hand the ball off to. Yeah. Okay. So, uh, yeah, I just I just don't think you can do shit like it. Just it bothers me because, you know, look at where's Mike Riley go there? He's only won one Grey Cup, but let's face it, that guy shouldn't be even playing today because he got he's gotten beaten so much. Okay, so I don't know what is your definition. That's the son of a, of a bitch in football. Mm-hmm. Yeah, what's your your definition of a great quarterback? Everybody looks at different things. I look at the touchdown to interception ratio. To me, that's important. I, I look yep. at the style of the of, of the quarterback's play. I look at his um, yards completion, yards rushing. Okay. I look at the uh-huh. length of time in which he played, and you, you right. divide that by the length of time that he played. Okay. So. And, and, you know, you look at the efficiency ratio, because that, that matters. Does the MVP, the Great Cup champion matter? Does the MOP matter? Yeah, it does. I mean, how do you get on to here without winning, being a Great Cup champion? Well, right. Dieter Brock did. Didn't he win in Hamilton once? Nope. Zero, oh, my sure. friend. Yeah, guaranteed. Dieter Brock has never won a Grey Cup. Okay. So, there you go. I put him in the same class as uh, Kevin Glenn. Yeah. Yeah, And you see, that's always been a debate for me over the years, okay? In my mind, the greatest quarterback ever was Dan Marino, okay? But he never, ever won a Super Bowl. But the is guy that was his fantastic. Fault? Well, is, and, and one of the team. things that people talk about, one of the things people talk about is they never brought in the players. They never surrounded him with players. Yeah. Because he was so mm-hmm. effective on his own with his talent. So. And, and, and can you not see that the Edmonton Eskimos, Mike Riley and the Edmonton Eskimos were very similar in that aspect? Sure. They never brought him proper O line. <coughs> he made the receivers. Sure. Look at his receivers and where did they go afterwards and are they doing just wonderful? What's Terrell Walker mm-hmm. doing? Mm-hmm. You know, it it they never brought in the players to surround Mike Riley the way that Calgary has brought in the players to support Bo Levi Mitchell. 
Dan Marino no. is in that category with Mike Riley. An amazing quarterback. Absolutely amazing quarterback. But just never had anybody in his in his stable. Yeah, you see, I've always it's always been something I've been torn over because I thought Dan Marino was incredible, but he never won. Mm-hmm. You know, same as same as a guy like Marcel Dion. Okay, he was incredible. Yeah, but they, he played in L.A. and they never got him any players. So why why did that? As soon as you said that, Detroit Red Wings came to mind. Did he not play for Detroit? Who? Yeah, yeah Marino, no. Career. Marcel Dion. Oh, no, Marcel Dion. Marcel Dion. No, Marcel Dion. That was the beginning near the end of his career. No, no, it was the beginning. No. Really? Yeah, it was. His first four seasons were with the Red Wings. I was right. Detroit to LA. And then he went to and then then he went to LA. Yeah, and he finished his career with the Rangers. Yeah, but yeah. here's a perfect example. Here's a perfect example. Stevie Eiserman played for Detroit for years, and they eventually got him a team, and he won. He won Stanley Cups, but before that, the guy was great, but he had nobody to play with. So, but you could use yeah. that debate forever. So. So the grueling tooth, grueling tooth, grueling truth, grueling tooth. top 10 grueling quarterbacks tooth. are terrible. Are yes. terrible. I agree. How, how do you do mm-hmm. this? And, and, yeah. You know, before you start writing about shit like this, you should become a fan. And you need to become a fan before you start doing it. Yeah. Thank you. Actually, two minutes, 20 seconds. Uh, Okay, so uh, that's week three in the books. We're going to look forward to uh, week four and the improvement of the BC Lions and the Calgary Stampeders. And uh, we'll see what happens with some quarterbacks. Uh, Zach Caleros is out. Uh, Bully by Mitchell's out. Uh, James Franklin is out. And see how he's doing. Heading up and doing all sorts of wonderful things. But we're back on Wednesday night, which is only two nights away. Two nights, two nights away with our preview of Week Four. Uh, this has been Let's Talk CFL podcast episode number three hundred and seventy. <laughs> What are you doing out there, Will? Are you out on your deck again smoking pot? Oh, sorry, that's Mark nope. that does that. You're just out on the deck. I'm covering my fr- I'm covering my furniture. Sorry. Well, don't cover your furniture during the show. You can wait 90 seconds. Don't leave the game early. Well, I got, don't leave the I game early. I got places to be. I got places to be. I want to beat rush hour traffic. This has been Let's Talk CFL Podcast, episode number 370. I've been your host, Christopher Jones, and it's been a pleasure talking football with you guys. Uh, kind of miss Mark, kind of miss Phil, uh, kind of really miss Chris. Haven't seen, seen or heard of him in a long time. Anyhow, you guys all take care, and uh, we'll talk to you in just two short days. Charles, say goodnight. Goodnight, folks. Thanks for listening, and we will talk to you on Wednesday. Yeah. 
So Will's got this saran wrap that he goes and wraps up his furniture when he's finished with it at night so it doesn't get dirty, dusty, or anything like that. So tomorrow when he comes out and takes the cellophane back off. Anyhow, Will, say goodnight. Good night, everybody. That's not true, but good night, everybody. <laughs> I, I've decided I've decided that this Saturday I'm going to quit this show if Saskatchewan beats Calgary. Oh, My yeah. I, 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 go out. I don't want to think about the Lions losing to the Argos. No, no, no. Okay, no, good night, everybody. Take care. <laughs>